Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to History Tweets. I am Tim, and today's topic is the Bath School Disaster, and we're going to talk about that just in a moment, but before we do, let me introduce our panel. Um, and we're excited today because we have a special um, guest to our panel, but first let me introduce um, our regular panel uh, back special. from, um, from doing uh, God's work. Uh, feeding the poor. And she was under house arrest. She wasn't feeding the poor. No, if uh, if you, Brandy, I know you probably didn't get to listen to our last podcast, but uh, as I told our listeners, you I were, was worshiping Satan. <laughs> I don't, did I use that term? I thought I said... We told him you was down at the soup kitchen helping out. Yeah. No, that's not what you told him, but that's okay. But I was, welcome, Brandy. I was none of those back. things. We're glad you're back. Thank you. So they couldn't make the charges stick, so yeah, no. You don't worry about that. Okay. Plausible and, deniability. And, but we missed you last time. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, the listeners didn't and we didn't, but go ahead. Yeah, if will. it makes you feel better, go ahead. Wow. I'm also joined, as always, by the very distinguished, honorable, and just all-around good guy. And a lot of people don't know this about you, Colonel, and I, I know you'd be embarrassed if I say this, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to point out some of your good deeds. You know how Betty Ford was the voice. Oh, for the love of became, all that's good and holy. Became the face of uh, alcoholism. Alcohol. Oh, yeah, like breast cancer is what I was thinking. But I guess she was the face of both. Well, she was probably the breast of breast cancer and the face. She was of the alcohol. breast of breast cancer. Yeah. And the, okay. And then Michael J. Fox is the face of whatever hell he has. MS or Parkinson's. Parkinson's. Yeah. Thank you. MS. They're the same thing. What? Oh, sure. They're like that close. The colonel here is uh, has become the face of um, the erectile uh, dysfunction. Well, no, well, kind of <laughs> premature ejaculation. Sure, and it's horrible. It's a yeah. horrible thing. Yeah. So, colonel, a lot of people don't know about the work you do with premature ejaculation, <laughs> but I just want to say that you are the face of what I think. Well, usually, premature what I what I do, Timmy, is I, I, I do you I, touch people's wieners? Because no, I, I, I just I don't tell them to. Uh, I tell them to think like about it. baseball or the devil. The devil right next to me here, because if that don't kill your boner and make your make your weight, nothing will. That's a little hurtful well, coming from someone with an anchor tattoo. <laughs> um, so, well, I'm glad that you, I'm glad you're stepping forward and becoming the face of pre-ejaculation, premature. No problem, Timmy. And, I hope uh, I have a chance. 
but you know, I, it's it's not a problem. Well, not more, everybody can have the erection that lasts four hours. It's it, you know, it's actually a, a problem for women more than it is for guys. Well, <laughs> typically the women I've, I've I don't encountered, think so. yeah, they they and it, and it really all depends again if they got the hop, if they got the hot bone or not. Tim, if they don't have the hot bone, you can just it, it's like a well drill. You can be you drill in a dry hole, but if they got the hot bone, you can make it go. Really? That's what you're going with? Mm-hmm. You're an idiot. <laughs> my, my point was, they care about it more than guys do. We actually don't. Well, we're giving men. Yeah. We, yeah. Actually, we actually don't. We got shit to do. <clears throat> and also joining... Oh, wait a minute. I got to go through your whole... What the hell is that? Your whole title, Colonel... We already did that, Charles. We already did that. Yeah. You, you got me covered with well Walters, enough. Let's get to our special guest, because we got some, uh, we got some questions for, for our... Okay, we have a very special guest today, and it's Casey, and Casey is Brandy's brother. So, uh, first of all, welcome, Casey, and we're sorry. Hey, thank you for having me here. I'm fantastic. (laughs) Casey, why are you sorry? We got you here. We got some questions for you. Go right ahead. At what point did you? Now, now your 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 father is a policeman. Yes. Um, your mother sounds like a fire fine woman. She's, um, she's and, all it, and it reminds she's me. Of, lunatic, it reminds me of the, um, you know we do a lot of serial killers. Right. And and usually you find some dysfunction amongst the parents. But then with other like Jeffrey Dahmer, had a lovely set of parents. Nothing was wrong with him. The devil here. Yeah. When did people start to know that there was something wrong with her? Well, she's six years older than me, so I learned pretty quickly that she was the devil. Now, what happened in the first six years, I don't know. See, I got to, nothing. Did they... Now, see, what you got to realize, though, too, Tim, is that you That's just shy. see the one side of the devil. You just see the one side, the, the, the hateful, the negative. You just see that mm-hmm. side. Yeah, there's a whole that a lot. Other, now, there's a whole other side to the devil, and it's not much better. <laughs> so there's no good side of it, is what you're it's, saying. I've never seen it. Okay. So there's the dark side of the moon right. and a dark so side. I there's a people. dark side and a darker side. So I should have let people whoop your ass when you were a kid. You whooped my ass plenty of times. I know, because we're On family. a daily basis. Cause cause there was many long, times we had to call law enforcement on you. No, we had law enforcement our, in the house. As we mentioned that our father was, we had to call him many times. He yeah. was law enforcement. I mean, did they take her for any kind of therapy? Was there any? I don't know. My mother had me tested. I think they just quit. I think they just quit. I think they said we can't do nothing with her. Did you did you ever wake up in the middle of the night with her standing over the top of you, just holding a knife and staring at you? Well, I thought I did, but then when I turned the lights on, she disappeared. That, that see, that's happened to me. Yeah, in a that's happened smoke. to me. Yeah, so you I just don't, don't know because you seem like you're normal and well adjusted. I can't imagine living with the devil. Well, well, I had to leave. It doesn't. For, I had to way. leave really early and get away, and okay. I had to go south. And I don't know. If, you guys may not know. There's a river that separates Ohio and Kentucky. And she, the devil in the the devil doesn't like water. They don't like so water. So I went water. south because yeah. I felt it was safe. Good thinking. Yeah. You know what? We should do our podcast. That's why I live in Kentucky. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I'm building a moat around my house. I think that would be a good idea. Hmm. Uh, what sort of other questions do we have? Um, no, I just wanted to know. It, because was there I, a lesbian phase? Oh yeah. What? <laughs> she was a she was a 
high school, uh, or she was a college softball player. Everybody yes. knows that about the devil. Yes. How did your parents take learning she was a lesbian? I don't think they ever found out. They never found out? I don't Nobody so. did. I don't, Nobody <laughs> Not did. even me. I don't, I don't think they found out. Boy, you that. had it really suppressed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you suppressed it. So suppressed. And then after the lesbian phase, she... Uh, Went into the, that's when she went and got the brandy with the eye when she was working as a stripper. Right. And then no shame in that. Colonel ain't judging. I well, mean, so make a living. well she, had to put her, she had to put herself through medical school. Yeah. 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 That was the tips so, there. And I ended up here. And the brass yeah. ass. Huh? Good. Really? Yeah. Good. Yeah. Kind of um, like Timmy in law school. I just can't Lots Could you imagine? Dollars. I mean, I could imagine. I just can't imagine going to sleep every night with the devil in the same house. It was rough. It was rough. That's yeah, all I can yeah, say. You'd be, yeah, you'd be a, you must be a light I sleeper. suppressed a lot of it. <laughs> you probably <laughs> really you can't talk about don't it. Don't go to one of those people that want to. I don't want to open up about it. Right. You don't want to even no, know about it anymore. Keep yeah, it. It's just dumb. Keep it buried. Yeah, that's keep a good idea. Buried. Are we doing long distance dedications yet or anything? Yes, however. Uh, now we have learned about Casey that one dysfunction is caused. He's he is a a, a hardcore Republican. Yeah. Um, and we don't the, the colonel don't judge. We don't say that's a dysfunction because you just did. Um, no, only for certain Republicans. Oh. Now be me, careful. We on have the, a on lot the trail, of me and Donald Trump have become are, good friends. Yeah, I know. Um, and as you know, um, I've had some ongoing trouble with Ted Cruz. But that's what made me friends with Donald Trump. Yeah, you know, I haven't seen you on any of these debates. I don't see you on any well, of these polls. Why you on the stage with those fools? They don't say they ain't got nothing to say. Well, how come you don't show up in any of the polls? I don't need to be in the polls. Come election day, <laughs> that's when you'll hear about me. The so only poll we're sitting counts. on the bus, yeah, and uh, we're getting ready to go, you know, through Iowa and whatnot. And, and Donald Trump, you know, you know how he is. And he's like, hey, you don't like that, do you? And I was like, no, I don't like that. Like, watch me get him going. So I'm like, all right. And he goes, hey, Ted. Hey, Ted. Ted looks back. You know, he's all happy because Donald never talks to him. He's like, yeah. He's like, hey, Ted, you know what the difference between your mom and a blue whale is? He's like, what? No. Donald Trump says, ha, about 10 pounds. Ha, ha, ha. We thought that was a good one. How Ted Cruz was madder than the rest do of your, the day. Do your long-distance dedication. Yeah, yeah, okay, let's get into our shout-outs here. Yes, please. Celine from Michigan. Because that joke sucked. <laughs> I thought that was a good one. What's the difference between your mom and yeah, your yeah, like I, 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 Yeah, I... Yeah, I... Celine... I can't help myself now. That was a good one now. We used to use that one all the time in the second grade. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a big one. Yeah, so right. shout-outs, please, Colonel. Celine, uh, Celine from Michigan... She was nice enough to send us in some uh, subjects. Waverly, Michigan, I think. Waverly, Michigan? I think yeah. so. Why don't you just let every stalker in the world hunt down <laughs> Celine, all right? I'm trying to give her some <laughs> anonymity. She sent us a, uh, a uh, podcast topic suggestion that we're going to take a look at and see if we can do. Yeah. If, it's, if, it, if it involves any kind of research, it's <laughs> just going to have to be me and Timmy. The devil won't be doing it. but. Oh, um, so, Celine, we really appreciate that. So, keep sending your suggestions in, and we will look at that podcast, see what we can do. We got another lovely lady from across the pond, Timmy. Um, yeah. You mean like in England? The big pond. Yeah, the big pond. Yeah, the big pond. It's uh, Beverly. She, Beverly, Oxford. She's from Lincoln. Near Lincoln. 
Near Lincoln. Yeah. Um, and Beverly has a sheepdog that she sent a picture of in, and we cannot see it, but I'm sure it's a beautiful, sheepdogs are just beautiful animals, named Sully. And she would like to uh, do some research and do a podcast, and we really need, we need a British accent on here. Yeah, like a real one. Uh, just, yeah, not yeah. your half-assed one that you busted out earlier. Yeah. I'm not sure what you mean, That's now, the Mike. side I was talking about. Yeah, see, yeah. She ain't, ain't even nobody talking to you, though. Doesn't matter. So, Beverly, we would love to uh, have you on our show. We could do it through Skype, through, through whatever. Um, I'm sure there's lots of interesting things that go on in England. It rains all the damn time, I know. Um, the food ain't no good over there. Um, it's like Ireland. You know, Ireland and England like the same thing. I mean, they're not. No, I mean, go through, go through. I want you to drive around, or next time, you know, in, in a hotel, it's like or you're looking on in the U.S. Look for authentic so. English cuisine. Ain't nobody wants to know English cuisine. Ain't nobody want to know. And, and, and the Colonel's Irish, so it's, I ain't. So this ain't an insult. You know, you're insulting. It's not an insult because you're Irish. I'm just saying, ain't You're nobody an wants to the no Irish authentic Irish cuisine because they don't, ain't got no big potatoes over there. Huh? You can only make potatoes a hundred different ways before you get tired of them. England, they got the fish and chips. Now, those are good. Yeah. Those are good. Okay. Are you done insulting our That listeners? was not an insult at all, Beverly. That was just a commentary that we can, I'm sure you yeah, can get pizza over there. Um, Beverly, thank you for your Beverly, comments. thank you very much. Um... And and we're glad we you're will, listening. We will be in touch with you because we would love to have... Can have you a, Jack the Ripper? Oh, that would be an interesting one. Yeah. That would be an interesting one. Um, need to give a shout out to our new sponsor this week. It is Well Hung Drywall. So if you need something well hung, call Stu over at Well Hung Drywall. He will take care of you. Because we're sure not calling you. We might be calling you in about three years. Well, you You're might getting be, to that age. But we're not calling you. <laughs> okay, let's get to our... Let's so that's all right. Oh, and of course, as usual, the lovely Hi, Dottie. Dottie Scott. Oh, yeah, she wants to call. I told her she could call in one day. Oh, we would love to have Dottie call in. Yeah, I told her she would. And Timmy, you're going to San Francisco here soon, right? I am. I'm going to San Francisco this weekend. Any lovely ladies out there who would this like to... This is not your personal dating show. Why do you keep doing that? I keep waiting. I keep waiting for someone to re- send me an email. So you can keep on waiting. You know, I try to think of this as like my tender, but... Okay, but the question not. I got is when we're doing it, you know your mama listened to this show. Why you got to like this? Care. Daddy, I, I know you raised Players got to play. Players got to play. She wants. I know you raised the boy better, Daddy. She wants to see me married and happy, and, or married and miserable. One or the other. She wants to see you married, not out slutting around like you normally do. Wow, he said slut. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. I'm, I'm let's talk about the bass yeah, school about disaster. Else. How yeah. about that? Okay. Uh, okay. The bass school disaster occurred in nineteen. 19- 27 in Bath Township, Michigan, maybe up near where Celine is from. In Michigan? Maybe. Maybe. I don't know where Waverly is. But well, Michigan, you know, at a tiny state. Yeah. You have to put up your hand, you know, where you do the thumb thing. Is that what it is? It's hotter balls in this room. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Random thoughts. Yeah, yeah random thoughts. Yeah. Um, ba- the Bath School disaster is kind of a misnomer because, it, it I mean, it was really? a disaster. 
It was a disaster. But it was really an actual mass murder is what it really was. It was a was. massacre is what it was. Yeah, a massacre. And it happened. It occurred in, on May 18th, um, nine days after my birthday in 1927. I wasn't born then, but I was born on I May 9th. Close. Yeah. Uh, May 18th, 1927 in Bath Township, Michigan. The incident killed uh, 38 elementary school children and six adults and injured at least 58 other people. Um, it was the perpetrator, perpetrator, what was the Perpetrator. Perpetrator, thank you. Yeah. Was Andrew Kehoe, um, who was... I believe that's Kehoe. It's Kehoe, whatever. Let him say Kehoe all he wants. <laughs> <laughs> A 55-year-old psychopath, um, uh, 55-year-old school board treasurer, you never want to piss off a school board trade. No, nah, anybody on the school board, they're, they're typically wound tight. I think yeah. it's just the math people. Yeah, they have to, they have to, it's all that counting. Anyway, he got angry. He was angry over increased taxes, and he lost an election in the spring of 1926, so he decides to um, go and blow up the school. And, um, you know, it was a pretty um, gruesome event. And to tell us a little bit more about Andrew Kehoe. 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 You know ho. You know that word. I've, I'm from here. You both should know it. Well, he knows the word. Okay, Brandy. Andrew Okay. Kehoe. Kehoe. So Bath Township is a small community. It's located about 10 miles northeast of Lansing, Michigan. How um, far from Waverly, Michigan? Uh, 85 miles. Let's check that out. Totally uh, made that up. Completely yeah. made that up. Uh, and it contains, Bath Township contains the unincorporated village of Bath. In the early 1920s, the area was primarily agricultural. In the early part of the 20th century, many small one-room school one-room schools with different grades shared the same classroom and teacher, and they were closed. Educators of the era believed that the children would receive a better and more complete education if students could attend a single school in one location. I agree. Well, because you care. The grades could be age divided into classes and the facilities could be of a higher quality. After years of debate, in 1922, Bath Township voters approved the creation of the Consolidated School District. It increased the property taxes to pay for the new school. When the school opened, it had 236 students enrolled in grades 1 through 12. All the landowners had to pay higher property taxes, and at the time of the bombing, the village had about 300 residents. Andrew Philip Kehoe was born in Tecumseh, Michigan on February 1st, 1872. His mother died when he was young, and his father married a much younger widow. Reportedly, you I, like I know, you're, you're all about that. Yeah. Reportedly, Kehoe often quarreled with his stepmother. Probably because they were sharing the same shit. What are you doing? Um, when he was 14, the family's oil stove exploded and set his stepmother on fire. <laughs> Stop, it's not funny. She well, was know. burned. <laughs> Why are you laughing at this woman caught on fire? I'm laughing at him. I don't know what he's doing. You got an oil stove and it catches the stepmother on fire. He thinks he's a terrible thing. Kehoe. Well, you don't know she was probably a bad woman. She might have been a bad no, woman. No, no, she wasn't. Uh, Kehoe threw a bucket of water on her, but because the fire was oil-based, his actions spread the flames more rapidly over her body 
and she died from her injuries. Uh, word on the street was some of his neighbors believed that he caused the stove explosion. That uh, Kehoe did or his dad? Ke- it's Kehoe. I don't okay. know if that was old. I know, I think... I th- old Kehoe or young Kehoe? Because he, that's because um, that would be his modus operandi a little bit later It on. would be. Yeah. It would be. Nice. Look at you. Is that what you got out of uh, law school? Yes. Excellent. I don't he know he didn't pass the bar. He did not I pass the bar. I did not take the fucking probably, bar. Probably because he had to know all that Latin. <laughs> you didn't take... You didn't try. Um, Actually, you didn't need to know Latin, or I would have never even he, he studied electrical engineering at Michigan State College in East Lansing, and after that he moved to St. Louis, Missouri, where he worked as an electrician. After several years in Missouri, Kehoe returned to Michigan. At the age of 40, he married Ellen Nellie Price in 1912. I like the name Nellie. Nellie. Uh, several, seven years later, they moved to a farm they had bought outside the village of Bath. Even though Kehoe was said to be dependable, doing favors and volunteering for work for his neighbors, they also described him as being impatient with all who, with all who disagreed with him. Hmm. Sounds familiar. Sounds like yeah, Chuck. So. They recounted that Kehoe had shot and killed the neighbor's dog, also like Chuck, that had come on to his property and annoyed him by barking. Well, a barking dog on your front lawn, I mean, it's, uh, it ain't worth shooting, but <clears throat> you could throw a rock at it or something. Actually, Waverly is close to Lansing. You said it was close to Lansing, right? Um, Bath. So this so probably is... from Michigan I, yeah. may know. Yeah. May know this. Yeah, this area. Uh, he was known to have beaten one of his horses to death when it did not perform as well as he wanted. Did he keep beating it after it was dead? I don't know, but you know There's no what? point in doing that. Yeah, yeah no really, there's no point in no, beating, beating a dead horse. There's no but just think if uh, Renee would beat you, or, uh, kill you if after you can't perform. You can no longer perform. You've been dead a long time ago. Right. Well, Renee, Renee been been working a live horse for a while now, so. Yeah. Go ahead, go on, what you, what you say. <laughs> <laughs> Renee needs to get her a new stud. <laughs> You need to be be sent to the glue factory is what needs to happen. With a reputation for frugality, Kehoe was elected in 1924 as a trustee for three years and the treasurer for one year on the school board, and he argued endlessly for lower taxes. The superintendent of the school board, uh, M.W. Keyes, said that Kehoe was considered extremely difficult to work with, often voting against the rest of the board and wanting his own way. Sounds familiar. Mm-hmm. No, Kehoe he was like... repeatedly uh, accused the superintendent of financial mismanagement. This could have been where the Tea Party originated. Well, Lower taxes. He was mad. Yeah, he had other The school issues. government was out of control. He wanted them fiscally responsible. No, no see, because then you don't blow up the school because then you just create a whole other, you know, then you create more expenses. Yeah. You have to raise taxes to... Well, I didn't school. say no. I didn't say they blow, blew it up. I'm just saying maybe that's that no, I'm germinated. Saying, no, I'm saying his philosophy, he kind of went against that because... Yeah, because it costs more money to build a new school. Of course, you get the insurance money. Carry on, Brandy. Thank you. He argued with the township financial authorities trying to get the valuation of his property reduced and claimed that he had paid too much for the farm. He also tried to get the mortgage taken off, but was not successful. How does that work exactly? Like, 
is going and saying, yeah, I don't, I don't want to pay. You just tear up the mortgage. Is, he, that, what is that what he, it is? He paid 12000 for the farm. He paid 6000 I think, up front, and he's trying to get the other 6000 forgiven or something. Abated. Yeah, Abated. And he had... Um, like, how do you do that? I don't know, but did you get a point? He, he was a little tight-ass. He, he was a, he, he was, was a dick. <laughs> he was a member of the. Him and his wife was a member of the Catholic Church until he found out he had to pay dues. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he quit the church, That's... which is a good reason to as any, I guess. Right. Well, I believe most churches would like. They don't have dues. Tithe. Most churches do expect you to give a little bit of money to them if you're going to show up on Sunday. And well, they're going to feed you. You're yeah. going to drink their wine and drink eat the their wine crackers. Drink crackers. My church, we're Methodist. We have the donuts. But you're a Catholic. <laughs> Catholic? What the hell are you talking about here? <laughs> I thought you were Catholic. That's where I did. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was directing all those Pope jokes to you for no reason at all. I was wondering why you kept looking at me when you was talking about the Pope. I don't, I don't care about the Pope. In right, June sorry. of 1926, uh, he was notified that the company was going to foreclose on his property. Kehoe was appointed in 1925 to temporarily fill the position of town clerk, but several months later he was uh, defeated in the regular spring election in 1926 for that position. The public rejection by his community angered him. In his eyewitness account, the Bath School disaster, Monty J. Ellsworth said he thought his rejection was the reason Kehoe had planned his murderous revenge of the bombings to destroy the school and kill the community's children and mem- many of its members. Well, it probably is pretty. You probably do feel rejected. You run for office and you lose. Because you're a dick. I'm, no, I'm just saying. It, you know, you, you ran for office. He lost. He probably was. I mean, it probably does piss you off. He ran for treasure. Anyway. A. McMullen, another neighbor, noted that Kehoe had stopped working on his farm altogether for most of the preceding year and thought he might be planning suicide. For this reason, when Kehoe gave him one of his horses, the one he didn't beat to death, uh, in April 1927, McMullen returned it. It was discovered later that, as part of Kehoe's preparations to destroy the farm, he had cut all his wire fences girdling young shade trees to kill them and cut off his grapevine plants before putting them back on their stumps to hide the damage. He gathered lumber and other material and put them in the tool shed, which he later exploded with an incendiary bomb. Yeah, he was playing this for some time. He was a hateful bastard, this yeah. guy. I know. What did the plants ever do to him? And he's just doing I mean, all kinds of shit. I mean, he's just going to cut why, grapes for why no are you reason. Cutting the grape he shot a dog, cut down the grapes. Beat a horse. Beat, beat a, a horse. horse. Beat a dead horse. Probably. Uh, let's see. By the time of the bombings, Nellie Kehoe had become chronically ill with tuberculosis, for which there was no effective treatment or cure. Her frequent hospital stays may have contributed to the family's debt. Kehoe had ceased making mortgage and homeowners insurance payments months earlier. There's no clear indication when Kehoe conceived and planned the steps leading to the ultimate events. But his neighbor, Mr. Ellsworth, thought that Kehoe conceived his plan after being defeated in early, in early 1926 for the election as town clerk. The general consensus of the town people was that Kehoe had worked on this plan at least since August of the previous year. Kehoe had free access to the building during the summer vacation of 1926. From mid-1926, he began buying more than a ton of petrol, an incendiary explosive used by farmers during the era for evacuation. 
It's actually pyrotol. Yeah, well, sip okay. on pyrotol. Sip on pyrotol and dynamite. Once you pay your damn mortgage, you wouldn't be in the, in this spot. And evidently, it was used a lot by farmers to burn to burn stuff on the farm. Yeah. And for excavation. Pyrotol is like a napalm. It's like a gel type thing. Nasty. You you you, you experienced napalm in Nam. In back in Nam. Well, back in the day, not not actually not Nam, places I cannot talk about right now. Um, we have used pyrotol, we have used napalm, but it's 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 a gel, it's a like a thick jelly like kerosene, and if you blow shit up with it, it flies everywhere. It's kind of like the hot oil. He's calling Brian. Yeah, that's why he knows this shit. I ain't calling it petrol. For, for well, me. I can't, you know. <laughs> Petrol's a little different. I'm not him. <laughs> that's true. All right, let's see. Uh, perpetrator, it, how's that? Yes, perpetrator would have been closer. <coughs> Thank you. In November of 1926, he drove to Lansing and bought two boxes of dynamite at a sporting goods store. The dynamite was also commonly used on farms. Um, his why would they sell it at a sporting goods store? I mean, I go sporting goods. That's where you got all fishing. the catchers. That's how you fish. I want to get catcher's mitt. And a couple sticks and of dynamite. Some, and some dynamite. Yeah, yeah. some dynamite. Well, wait, I guess you could get it at the hardware store, too. Oh, yeah. That's what I always think, a hardware store. Fireworks store. store. Dynamite store. Yeah, okay. dynamite I'm store. I'm almost done here. You can dynamite throw me this bone. Okay, go ahead. Okay. So, it didn't arouse suspicion because we was buying small amounts all over the place. And, of course, at the time, um, it wasn't like they could track it. Uh, neighbors reported hearing explosions set off on the farm. Uh, one person even calling him the dynamite farmer. In December of 1926, according to the testimony of Michigan State Police Investigator, with the Department of Public Safety, Kehoe purchased a 30 caliber Winchester bolt-action rifle. Oh, that's a, that's a powerful rifle right there. He probably got it at the sporting goods store. With the dynamite. Yeah. Maybe they sell maybe they sell dynamite there for people who want to fish. I said yeah. that eight times. What the hell? It's good for fish. Nobody pays attention to you. Right! Yeah. There's I'm reasons sorry. for that. I said fish. You said Pedro. I mispronounced one word. He can't hardly say his own name over there. Yeah. Calls him Keyhole when clearly there's no L. He's drunk and on some kind of some kind of drug most of the time. Yeah, but at least he's here. Let's talk about the tragic events then, uh, Colonel, that happened on um, this date in 1927. Well, Mr. Keyhole, he had uh, he he put a lot of thought and a lot of planning into this. He was he was uh, running back and forth to Lansing all the time to get explosives. Um, he was running around town. People saw him everywhere. I mean, the guy was everywhere. And he also planned ahead. He, now, this is, this is how these people think. He bought a new set of tires for his truck because he didn't want to break down. That's because he, he had loaded up all kinds of metal debris in, a, in the back of his truck. So it will produce shrapnel for an right. explosion. And he didn't want to break down and have a flat tire and have somebody come up and help him and have a bunch of shrapnel and dynamite in his truck. Yeah, he so was, he got new tires, so he won't break down. No, because that is poor point. And people saw him all over, and uh, he used to do this late at night. A lot of times neighbors would see him late at night um, carrying stuff into the house. But, you know, he was he was kind of odd, a peculiar guy, so nobody really thought much of it. Plus, he wasn't blowing up stuff and shooting a dog, so they thought that was a good night for him, <laughs> just sneaking in the house. Winning. So Yeah. Now, on May 16th, this probably what set him over the edge, my guess is. It's not the election. It's not the everything. Uh, Nellie, she got the consumption, right? She in the hospital. Right. 
And uh, she gets discharged from the hospital on May 16th. And, you know, this, he, he blows everything up on May 18th. Right. So, you know, you... So you, you think it's her being home that sent him over? She well, came home bitching at him, I guess. She did? Your house well, wasn't clean. he probably didn't clean the fucking house while she there was There you gone. go. There you go. See? That's See? what I'm talking about. Make you want to blow stuff up. Make you want to blow your own damn house up. And that's actually what the guy ended up doing. Was but Nelly first, in before it? he did it... Nah, well, he, he he beat her over the head with something. Sure. Well, Shovel, that's what you mean. Yeah. Well, yeah, they're pretty sure it was a shovel. Um, mm-hmm. It was a blunt object of some sort. Um, beat the hell out of the woman. Then threw her in a wheelbarrow. Yeah. Jesus. Took her back to the chicken coop. <laughs> Tuberculosis <laughs> was no longer a problem. Nope. No, he cured the, kid, the TB. And, uh, <laughs> got that cleared right up. Yeah. An explosion yeah. will do I got that. a shot when I was a kid, but she got beat over the head. Yeah, so, so anyway. He, he puts her in a wheelbarrow. and Yeah, he takes her back to the chicken coop. And... Uh, now he put all over the house some some uh, pyrotol fire bombs and all the buildings on the farm, and uh, he blew up the farm. That's what he did, and it and he burned his two horses, who were tied in their enclosure with their legs wired together, so they See? couldn't be rescued. Yeah. During what the is fire. his beef with horses? So that's now just, I mean that's just sick. He's got a dead wife, and his house just blew up. Okay. I'll guarantee you there'll be more people upset with these two horses than when these, all these other people we'll talk about shortly. Yeah, and and this is the timeline's a little little odd here because I'm not really getting the timeline because they got. They knew it happened between this window, they knew he blew it up before the school. Right. Um, but it, and it was fairly early in the morning. It was very close to the time he blew up the school. So now you got all these rescuers that are coming rushing to his house. Yeah, and okay. he's just like driving off, right? Right. Yeah, he just drove away. He was Later, like, oh, bitches. fuck this, this shit blowing up on me, I'm getting out of here. Yeah, didn't he see a couple, like, guys he knew that he was like... Uh, well, we will, we will get to that. Right. Yeah, we'll why do you do that? that? Um, Jumping ahead a little bit. Yeah. Just, why do you do that? I want to make sure he... It's like he wants to take everybody's thunder. No, well, I, I'm, I'm not really sure why you give me the part if you're going to just read That's it yourself. That's what I'm saying. I mean, he wants to take everybody's thunder. I want to make sure you get all of the, the story. Go ahead. So, anyway, there's a fireman. He, it's O.H. Bush, and uh, he was <laughs> the uh, great-great-grandpappy of uh, George That's Bush. That's a lie. Um, he was a fireman. He, he crawled through the window, broke a Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com spoken today. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Window and look, looking for survivors in the farmhouse. Um, and they determined nobody was in the farmhouse, so they salvaged the furniture. I'm not really sure why they did that, but... Um, oh, before the fire could spread into the living room, because this time they think it's an accident. Right, right. And they don't know that she, they don't know if there's anyone in there. Or. But Kehoe is leaving the house now. He ain't even trying to put out the fire. He's leaving. He's letting you know George Bush's grandpappy claw him through the window. That's not true. It wasn't George Bush's grandpappy. But did they, do you know it wasn't his last name Bush? Could have been a cousin. Could have been. I mean, no, we're not saying it was his grandpappy. We're just not uh, saying. Just saying what, type of, what type of furniture did they save? Um, An armoire. It was Victorian. Yeah. It was a cha- it was a chaise it was a chaise oh, did he like to sit on chaise yeah. so anyway Kehoe he's le- he getting ready to leave the house he got his Ford truck there and he stops and tells his these Ford guys truck? Yeah. well if you're gonna blow something up you need a Ford truck sure obviously okay so he my says bad. boys you're my friends you better get out of here head down to the school now they don't even know what the hell he's talking about <laughs> now at school the classes they started eight thirty. Now at eight forty five in the a. basement M? of the north wing of the school. I think it's AM too. An alarm now this gets complicated here, so don't interrupt because oh. people ain't gonna be able to follow. Okay. okay. No, you're talking is why people won't be Classes able to follow. Classes start at eight thirty. Okay. Damn. About fifteen minutes. <laughs> Classes started O eight three O. Okay. Central time. Central time. At about 8.45, in the basement of the north wing of the school, an alarm clock set by Kehoe detonated the dynamite in the petrol. Dynamite. Pyrotol. Did he add hidden there? Now, remember, throughout the summer, you had access to this whole school building, so he had this all set up. Um, So rescuers took off from Kehoe's farm and headed toward the explosion at the school building. Yeah, apparently you uh, could hear it from miles away. Oh, yeah. Um, parents said that uh, parents began rushing to the school. The school building it, it basically turned into a war zone. Um, as you said, 38 people, mostly children, were killed in that initial explosion. And a first-hand account here is Bernice Sterling. She's a first-grade teacher. Bernice. Bernice, yeah. And, you know, first-grade teachers back in those days, we went through, you know, right. she had to be single. She couldn't get ice cream and stuff like that. Because it was scandalous. Mm-hmm. But anyway, her direct quote here is, It seemed like the floor went up several feet. After the first shock, I thought for a moment I was blind. When it came, the air seemed to be the air seemed to be full of children and flying desks yeah. and books. Children were tossed high in the air. Some were catapulted out of the building. So now the north wing. This remember this under the north wing of the school. The north wing collapses. Parts of the wall crumble, um, and the roof falls through the ground. Now, Monty Ellsworth, he's the guy you talked about there. Sure. Um, he said there was a, and, and this is where it gets kind of gruesome, so I'll give you listeners a chance to turn this off just for a minute. 
Um, there was a pile of children, about five or, feet, five or six, under the roof. Some of them had the arms sticking out, some had legs, and some just had the head sticking out. They were unrecognizable because they were covered with dust, plaster, and blood. There was not enough of us to move the roof. Now, this is Ellsworth. He's, mm -hmm. he's, he, you know, he was a first-hand witness. Yeah. Uh -huh. So he decides to run back to his farm to get a rope heavy enough to pull the roof off of these children's body. Now, returning to his farm, he sees Kehoe in the opposite direction heading toward the school. Now, remember, these bombs went off remotely. So, right. you know, they were set by an alarm clock. Kehoe's headed to the school to see what kind of damn. I mean, he's a sick son of a bitch right here. Um, so Kehoe, now remember Ellsworth's going back to his house. He passes Kehoe headed toward the school. Kehoe just gives him a big smile, waves, and uh, Ellsworth said, I could see, he was smiling so big, I could see both rows of his teeth. Now, you can imagine the scene at school, that's just chaos. And Robert Gates, he was a witness to this, and he said, uh, Mother after mother came running into the schoolyard and demanded information about a child. And on seeing the lifeless forms laying on the, on the lawn, sobbed and swooned. In no time, more than 100 men were at work tearing away the debris at school, and nearly as many women were frantically pawing through the timber and broken bricks for traces of the children. So, this is going on, you know, they don't have heavy equipment or anything right. at the scene. They're doing this all by hands, buckets, whatever, you know, they're trying to... doesn't look like there was a big fire, just an explosion. So, about a half an hour after the explosion, Kehoe drives up in his truck. And he sees the superintendent of the schools, and he calls him over. Now, Charlie Hawson, he's a, he's a guy, he testified at the inquest that they saw the two men struggle over some type of rifle... Um, probably that the gun Winchester. you were talking about, the yeah. Winchester. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, the car went up in an explosion. Now, it killed Huck, who was the uh, the superintendent he was arguing with. It killed Kehoe. Killed Nelson McFerrin. He was a retired farmer. And this poor little kid, Cleo Clayton, he survived the initial blast. He was an eight-year-old second grader. He survived the initial blast, but he was killed by shrapnel that uh, Kehoe had had laid you know, loaded up in his truck there. Um, and it also killed the postmaster, Glenn Smith. He, he lost a leg and died later on. Um, so anyway, Ellsworth, you know, again, he's, he's talking about the truck explosion. He said, I saw one mother, Miss Eugene Hart, sitting on the bank a short distance from the school with a little dead girl on each side of her, holding a boy, Perry, who died a short time later after they got him to the hospital. Or, I'm sorry, Percy. And uh, this was about the time Keogh blew his car up in the street, severely wounding Mrs. Son, Mrs. Hart's son, Perry, the oldest child she had. Now, uh, Bush's grandpappy here, he was the foreman of the road crew. He recalled the scene of the final explosion. He said, I began to feel the world was coming to an end. I guess I was a bit hazy. Anyway, the next thing I remember, I was out on the street. One of our men was binding up the wounds of Glenn Smith. He was the, uh, he was the postmaster there. And uh, his leg had been blown off. I went back to the building and helped with the rescue work until we were ordered to stop while search was made for more dynamite. So that's really what you had at school. The guy 
just blew the hell out of everything. This building couldn't have been that big. Northwind, I mean, you got dynamite. Yeah, and every you got kid in the, and, uh, you know, probably every kid in the area was was there. Was there? I think. Well, it was 112 in the school, right? Mm-hmm. It was 112 yeah. in the school. 38's killed right there. So you got yeah, and then you you know it it was time like you said eight thirty. It kind of reminds me of the nine eleven attack. Well, it was like about the same time, like right. Yeah, people he, he had planned it right as they were, you know, right as they were getting there. They get settled in, and when you think, I mean, think about this. We went on, you know, we talked about the worst possible things or Virginia Tech, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I believe there were only thirty three. 33 people killed Virginia Tech, including the shooter. Um, so you got this is worse than that. You know, and, and these, these this kids didn't the even have a chance. This was the worst mass killing of it. You know, we, when, we talk, when we did the uh, Pearl shooting, yeah. school shooting mm-hmm. podcast, we went down through a history of all the school shootings, which they you know goes back to the beginning of the country Yeah, uh, when the country was founded. But this was the uh, worst mass killing in any school in the United history of the United States. And again, we're going back to what is the year, Timmy? Um, 20s, 1920s. yeah. So, you know, violence in schools is not a new thing. I mean, it's it's something that's been going on forever. But this know. guy was just... I mean, oh, he, he took was, it to another level. level. Yeah, yeah he, he took it to another level, but he... Uh, he, and he, and you, know, don't, you don't really hear about him. I mean, you know what I mean? You, you, you don't really hear a lot about him like you do some of the other uh, nut jobs that, we talk, you know, that we've talked no, about. No, until, until this got brought up, I had, never, I had very little knowledge of, of this. And as you could tell from what the devil just said here, she had no and still has no knowledge of it. But um, Even after the podcast. Even after the podcast, she hasn't learned anything. I only have so much room there, Cliff. I can't hang on to everything. But uh, now, what happened after that? We're going we're gonna to let Casey inform us here and tell us what happened after that. Well, first of all, we're gonna, I'm always going to go over the response, the rescue. First of all. Well, okay. then you go ahead and do a response and rescue there, Timmy. Thank you. So it was chaos. And chaos. Assumed. No, it was, it was, it, it was like a, you know, like a war zone. Telephone operators stayed at their stations for hours to summon, you know, this is back when you had telephone operators plugging in, plugging in calls, summoning doctors, undertakers, and hospitals, um, and anyone who might be able to help. Um, the Lansing Fire Department sent several fire, uh, firefighters and its chief. Um, it was a local physician, a DJ, uh, J.A. Crum and his wife, who was a nurse. They both had served in World War I, uh, and they, they ha- had a pharmacy there in Bath or outside of Bath. And they used that as a triage center, the pharmacy as a triage center, and then later on... Um, the bodies were taken to uh, the dead bodies were taken to town hall, and it was used as a morgue. Um, you know, hundreds of people worked in the wreckage all day and into the night uh, to find survivors. Um, eventually, thirty-four firefighters and the chief of Lansing Fire Department arrived on the scene, as did the Michigan State Police. Uh, who kind of managed to traffic around the scene? It was just as you can imagine. You had it was just chaotic with the with the debris and the and the injured dying, and then the parents who were trying to find out whether or not you know their kids survived or not. Um, 
The interesting, uh, they were taken to two hospitals. One was the Sparrow Hospital and one was the St. Lawrence Hospital. And interesting enough, the St. Lawrence Hospital was actually financed by um, Lawrence Price, who was the uncle of Nellie Keyhole. Um, mm. Michigan Governor Fred W. Green arrived in the afternoon and he assisted in the relief work, uh, carrying away, carting away bricks from the scene. Um, the local Lawrence Baking Company sent uh, food to the uh, serve the rescuers. Uh, the bombing had destroyed the north wing of the school, and during the search, they found an additional 500 pounds of dynamite in the south wing that had failed to detonate. So this thing could have been oh, it could have much it could have worse. been everybody. Yeah, so this guy had planned on you know leaving uh, blowing this uh, school just completely completely down. Um, so they had to stop the rescue so that the Michigan State Police could go in and disarm uh, the devices. And the uh, they found an alarm clock uh, with the with the dynamite that was um, uh, set for eight forty five a.m. So he planned on them both going off at the same time. Basically, one yeah, one at what the first one went off at eight thirty. No, the first one went off at eight forty five. Okay, school started at eight thirty. Okay, so they were both planned to go off at the same time. Now, what they think happened is the initial explosion. Um, CERT caused a short circuit in the second set of bombs that um, ended up uh, preventing it from detonating. But um, Well, what happens now... Could, like um, I say, it could have been the match. Well, bombings is tip- typically what they do is they give it 20 minutes between bombings. Yeah, so you get the you people... You get the second the responders, responders, first yeah. responders or whatever, and then they blow up the second Yeah. Thing. Um, so then the police and fire gathered at Kehoe's uh, farm to investigate, you know, see what was going on there. State troopers had been searching for Nellie uh, throughout Michigan because they thought she was in a tuber- uh, tuberculosis TB sanitarium, but they found her charred body um, the following day uh, in the ruins of the among the farm. Like you, you said, Colonel, they had put her in a uh, wheelbarrow after he had over the head. Well, she probably wasn't a small woman. I don't, I don't know what, how tall or big she was, but um, you ever, you ever seen what a, the hell does that have to do? Well, with have you ever I seen a small know. Nelly? That's all I'm saying. Oh my god! You ever I, seen a small Nelly? The man's got a point. The Nelly on Little House on the Prairie wasn't a big girl. When he's right, he's yeah. right. Okay. Yeah. That was a fake Nelly. That wasn't a real Nelly. How any, many Nellies do you know? What do you, do you know think? Any Nellies? No, uh, okay. Have you heard other that than to say whoa? Nelly. Let me ask you this: Whoa, Nelly. Yeah, other than to okay. say whoa, Nelly. That's what I have mean. Have you ever heard? Do you who, know who, Nelly? What else do you say whoa to? Do you never? Have you ever heard of another Nelly? What else do you, Casey? What else do you say whoa to? Do you know large another Nelly? objects? A large animal. Large objects. Like a horse. Whoa, Nelly. Speaking of horses, they found. Speaking of horses, <laughs> you're a jackass. They had found, you know, in the farm, uh, the farm building was destroyed, and the two horses were trapped inside. Uh, the barn had died, of course, and as the colonel said, they were. They were their legs were wired, so they couldn't get free. That's a sick bastard. Anyway, investigators found a wooden sign wired to the farm's fence with Kehoe's last message that read, Criminals are made, not born. If you get on the internet and Google that, you can see the yeah, sign. Yeah, you can see the, the sign. sign on there. So, um, so now Casey's going to talk about 
the, uh, the aftermath of Are all this. Are you sure you're going to let him? Yeah, I just you're all kind of mean. You're the one kind of. Just sit over there and play Candy Crush. Yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you very much. Don't interrupt a boy, and he'll be fine. You shut up. So the day, the day of the bombing, uh, after everything kind of, if you could say, calmed down, the coroner arrived on the scene. Uh, They swore in six community leaders uh, to serve as um, uh, jury uh, to investigate. what had happened the the investigation really kind of centered around a couple of different things the the biggest thing that centered around was the uh, death of the superintendent uh and it also centered around whether or not kehoe had had help within the school uh anybody in the school um there were other over 50 people that testified i'm not going to go over what um uh, everything that they said one of the things that i found interesting was there was a little bit of a contradiction between witnesses as to uh, what happened when Kehoe pulled up to the truck or pulled up to the school and blew his truck up. Uh, one, uh, there was three telephone linemen working near the school that testified that Kehoe had passed them uh, and they saw him arrive. Uh, they said he immediately swerved his truck in front of the building and blew it up instantly. Uh, other witnesses testified, however, Kehoe passed uh, after he passed the, super, uh, the linemen. Uh, that he found the superintendent called him over to the truck uh, before blowing uh, blowing the truck up, and I think that's pretty much the consensus as, as to what had happened. Uh, so after a week, uh, they determined that uh, he had acted completely on his own. Uh, everybody uh, was exonerated uh, during the investigation, so they found out that he had done and planned this all by himself. Um, He's a lone wolf. He was alone. He was a lone wolf. Uh, that day, there was uh, you had forty three people in total that were killed, uh, along with uh, himself, which brings the total up to forty five, thirty eight children. Uh, a month after the final uh, victim, uh, fourth grader Beatrice Gibbs, uh, died following complications from a hip surgery. Uh, that brought the total up to 45, and as we mentioned, that is still the largest, um, the largest school uh, tragic school incident uh, in our history. Uh, the media really took uh, interest into this. They they flew in. There was reports of planes landing on people's farms, and and really kind of yeah, st- stirred yeah. stirred thing up, and made it a circus. It only lasted three days, however. Uh, Charles Lindbergh took off for Paris three days after the bombing, so the media kind of left really quickly. Uh, however, it became it came it became a very uh, locally it became a very people wanted to go see what had happened, and there was uh, an estimated fifty thousand cars that showed up the next uh, weekend to see what had happened. So, in a town of three hundred people or so, oh, you've got fifty thousand cars showing up the next Jeez. weekend. You can, Imagine that would be a mess. grotesque to go see something like that. Sounds like something you soon. would do. Sounds that like something soon, you would not do. that yeah. soon after that. You're sick. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so the, There's consensus. Yeah. There's a consensus wow. there. Uh, so the next school, uh, next year, next school year started in September. Uh, they didn't waste uh, much time. Uh, schools were held uh, the next year in community halls, township halls. A couple retail building, retail establishments were used. Uh, the board approved it, approved a new superintendent, and uh, uh, one architect in particular from Lansing, Warren Holmes, donated construction plans to rebuild 
the, the, the wing of the school that had been destroyed, and a Michigan Republican Easy. senator, James J. Cousins, uh, donated $75,000 of his own money to rebuild the school. Um, and in 1928, that new wing was opened up as the James Cousins Architectural School. And the Kehoe Farm was plowed under soon after to make sure that there was no explosives uh, hidden on the property. And that property was uh, shortly after as well sold at auction to pay off Kehoe's debts. Uh, 1975, the school was demolished completely, and it was developed as a park. At the center of the park, there is a cupola which still stands. It was an original cupola on the property of the school. What's a cupola? A cupola. Look at a little, it says cupola. I don't know what a cupola is. You don't cupola. know what a it's cupola is. It's the little round thing yeah. you sit out and you talk about yeah. and read. It's like a talk amongst yourselves. You talk amongst yourselves. You have a coffee talk. Like a gazebo. A gazebo. There you go. Different word. I just asked. It remains in the park. Uh, in 1991, a hysterical marker or historical marker was installed at the, pl- at the park. A hysterical marker? A hysterical marker. Some lady That's just what stood I like there and screamed. That's what I like to well, call Well, yeah, if one of your children was in there, when you put the marker up, you'd be hysterical about They're it. They're all dead. Keo's remains were, bur- were buried in an unmarked grave in Mount Rest Cemetery. His wife was buried in a separate cemetery under her maiden name. Yeah. yeah she yes, I don't she really blame her for yeah. that. Family said, okay, we're going to... Uh, Take her remains. This was a horrible, horrible. Yeah, this is really upbeat you know, story. It's, we it's have really today. hard when you when you're talking about kids getting killed because you can sometimes you get into serial killers and they can amuse you. Yeah, you know, and, yeah. and it's hard they, to make, uh, it's hard to make jokes when you're talking about when you're talking about children. kids. Although now that I found this one funny and I, and I was uh, Casey, you mentioned uh, that the Republican from Michigan. Yes. Um, I don't know how much you followed in this. I don't get to watch it as much as I'd like to, but. Did you see the two uh, Republican and and it's always funny. This is always funny to me when there's a big scandal. If it's Republicans, it's always sex. If it's Democrats, it's money. Right. And Democrats, they're always talking about materialism and this and that. Well, my but, wife always says it's about sex with me. So. Hey, you're a Republican. <laughs> there you go. So your scandal's going to be about sex. Guaranteed. Did, did you see the two legislators up in uh, the two state representatives up in Michigan that got uh, one resigned, one got expelled because they was that was odd. They dude. was doing it. They was having an affair. They're both married. Very, uh, very, very. They both ran on the on the Christian on the family value thing. Uh, Little yeah. hypocritical. And they we were uh, doing it in the back. I mean, they were, but they were blatantly obvious in front of everybody. Where were they doing it? In the in the state house in their offices, classy broads. Yeah, yeah. And she would bring blankets. Is this the one where they created the fake? The guy created a fake story about hooking up with a male prostitute just to throw people off. To he he sent out fake emails. He'd rather have it out that he hooked up with a male prostitute. And then they found out earlier insulating. So he come if if he's so far out there, so ridiculous. That if someone didn't come along and say no, he's actually bang- I didn't know it was another legislator. I just read part. Of it. I did not well, say that. and then they found out that uh, during the election, before the election, he sent out fake emails accusing himself of being a child molester. Oh my god! 
so he could come out and be indignant about it, and people will feel sorry for him being falsely accused of being a child. Oh, <laughs> well, uh, well, he was falsely accused. Well, he was falsely by accused himself. by himself. Oh, but uh, but yeah, that made me think of that. Is that uh, when you said the Republican from Michigan? It I takes thought. all types, doesn't it? Well, but I, but have you ever noticed that pattern? It, uh, I always say if it's going to involve money, if you see a scandal coming up and it's like Sex a congressman scandals. today was indicted for you know accepting large bribes, it's a damn near always a Democrat because yep. they're always talking about how you know you don't materialize, and Republicans always talking about family values, and they it's what you repress that you just they cannot like the extended family. Yeah, no, but it's whatever whatever you're trying to repress. Man, your materialistic side or your family, your sexual side, it just gets the best of you later, too, sooner or later. Well, you need to, you, when you're out on the uh, campaign trail, why don't you bring that up? Well, I have. He's I've never been on the campaign trail. I, I, you know what? I, I've been off the campaign trail a little bit because they, uh, now that they're they doing throw rocks debates, at you? Um, they spit on you? I don't want to. No. Well, I want to te- tell all the people out there that meet him on the campaign trail that th- today has changed my life. I well, mean, uh, thank you. I, you know, I, I came in here today. For the banner. I came <laughs> in here today with some life pondering <laughs> questions, and after 30 <laughs> minutes of sitting with the colonel, <laughs> My life has changed before I and what you only charged me twenty nine ninety nine for that. I mean, yeah, I, yeah well, I think plus you, tax people plus should, tax. people need to go up. Whatever plus they tax. think about the colonel is true. They need to see the man on the campaign trail, and he's white. Yeah. Can you confirm that he's white? I, I cannot confirm or deny <laughs> what I'm saying right now. Everyone always thinks he's well, black. He's black In case I gotta ask you, you got now you got a, a fairly so, strong southern accent there. Yeah. Um, what what part of is a good radio voice? I live in Lexington, Kentucky. Lexington. Yeah, I had to. Well, can't. I had to get out early from the devil. So, well, I don't blame you. I've lived you down put there a, a lot long time. of miles between yourself and the devil. I lived down there a long time. But you can tell you get uh, and and I found this is you get down in certain parts in Lexington's one. I'm Louisville's another one. God's country. We've just pushed um, Louisville over. Yeah, we don't really care for Louisville. No, but but they got the same accents as people from North Carolina. You do understand you don't know shit from apple butter, right? I do know this because my father, my stepfather, who had the consumption, spent 18 months in a sanitarium. Consumption. Um, <laughs> um, he, uh, he's from Oneida, Tennessee, yes, and it's very hard to distinguish his accent from a Kentucky accent because it's on the border. Yeah. Um, but when you get eastern, into eastern Kentucky, you get much more of an Appalachian oh, accent. Oh, yeah. Yes. Um, be careful. It's very, no, I'm just saying, Eastern the accents Kentucky. in Kentucky differ. It's Kentucky's not a big state. But you, you can tell where somebody's from in Kentucky by their accent. You know, I don't know, I don't know, Casey, if you found this to be true or not, but I'm from Portsmouth. Well, we know that because you can't read. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but it's, it's like Cincinnati. It's right on the river, and across the, the river is Kentucky. There's a tremendous difference in accents. From one side of the river to the other. It's because we keep the devils above the river. <laughs> no, I, no, I mean it's not good or bad. I just mean you can really. I don't. I'm not sure if someone from outside of there can know the difference. But if you're from that area, you well, can. which is funny because down through that area, everybody's Appalachian. Right. Yeah, I mean, you know, right. Chillicothe all across the. They're all related. Now that's West Virginia. Please don't insult West Virginia. Say something nice about Beverly since you screwed that up earlier. Beverly, I did not mean to say anything. All I was saying was, Beverly, we're making a nice meal over here because the one thing that England lacks is nice weather 
Nice weather. You something got... nice. Well, I... she's got a sheepdog, for the love of God. She don't need me. She gets love from this dog. But Beverly... She's got to be a great woman if she's she got... has a sheepdog. And she at least she's a dog person, she not a cat to us. I mean, she, she left us a message. She's a fine, fine woman. And, and we... You know, Britain has always been uh, uh, a place that the colonel has has always had so much admiration. Because you go back to World War II. Yeah. You know, of course, we saved everybody and we fixed everything and we did it, whatever. But uh, Jesus. these poor bastards had to fight off the Germans for by, by themselves for, you know, 19 years before we ever decided to help them. Okay, not 19 years. I'm exaggerating yeah. it. But, I mean, yeah. think about that. There's a little island over there. Now, Germany has conquered all of Europe. But they can't beat England. I mean, the English people, you can knock them down, you can run them over, you can do whatever, but you can't beat them. You just can't beat them down. I just simply said say something nice about Beverly, and he's gone all about uh, oh my God. the Blitz. I don't know where he's going. <laughs> well, I'm just right. saying, she's if she's if she's from Britain, she's from good stock. And she has a stiff upper, upper lip. She has a stiff upper lip, yeah. Okay, and where can people find us? Well, people can find me in my office. Um, <laughs> no, that is not true. That's not true <laughs> at all. People can <laughs> find me. People are going to find me and Casey down at the bar because we're about tired of you two. Um, now, like you remember, point. Casey ain't getting paid for this. Casey came in uh, of his own we accord, drove an hour and a half to get up here. Yeah, quit, implicating, quit implying that we're getting paid. We're not getting paid for this. I know, I know from, you. You're getting paid from Well Home Drywall. Well Home Drywall, they wrote us a check. I wrote you a check. <laughs> well, they wrote me a check. You guys ain't getting paid. You go out and get your own sponsor. But, uh, Where can yeah. people find us? People can find us on Facebook at History Dweebs. People can find us on Stitcher, but you can't really find anything on Stitcher. You can. People listen to us. Yeah, people, Stitcher. you can find us on, on, Lip, on Sync or Lip Sync or whatever. But if you go to the iTunes... Um, the, the iTunes. If you go to the iTunes, and, and that's I, on the World Wide Web. On the World Wide Web, um, you got to download a, a program first, and it takes a little while. If you got the if you got the dial up, it'll take you a long time. The dial up. But anyway, the AOL. Um, yeah, get the AOL. Um, so you you download the iTunes, and then you put in search history. Oh sweet read. Jesus! Please and go to iTunes and leave us. No, I, leave no. us a comment. No, this, this is no, this, this gets is complicated. What, this is, this, this gets weird. complicated. Oh, my God. You go to the iTunes. Now, when you see all of our things, all of our shows there, and we've got about 150 of them now. Uh, or 50. About 50. About 50. we got 50 shows. Yeah. That's 50 I hours I spend with you two. 50, 50. People wonder. My doctor asked me the other day. He's like, the Colonel, Colonel, your blood pressure up, your hair getting gray. What's the deal? I was like, these damn podcasts. Did you it's talk to him about receding. your premature ejaculation? Uh, well, the face of into. premature so ejaculation. Anyway, <laughs> uh, it is the anyway, face of premature If you ejaculation. just click on our icon, it'll say, <laughs> if you click on one of the uh, articles, or one of the podcasts, it says reviews. We would love to have a review from you. Maybe not of this particular <laughs> podcast. Of any particular podcast, because you're going to have, I mean... We have bad days, and then... And please, for the love of God, say something nice about these two because you can see the hate coming from them because everybody says something nice about the colonel. Why wouldn't they? I mean, puppies love me, women love me, old ladies love me, old people love me. And people suffering from premature ejaculation love you. Well, I, you're their spokesman. I am you're the spokesman. You're the face of premature yeah. ejaculation. Yes, yeah. yeah. and you know... <laughs> <laughs> 
all, all <laughs> in your face. I think this has gone over. I don't know what what your I, I don't know what your I don't know what your fascination is or why you're stuck on this premature ejaculation. I just think it's a very admirable thing that you're doing, stepping forward to come. Because, you know, a lot of people would be ashamed. (laughs) But not you. (laughs) Not you. You know, the colonel look at it like a horse race. The first one across the finish line wins. That's what I tell the the little wife. It's like the Kentucky Derby. If I cross the finish line first, I win. Hey, you got yours. What I do got you mine. Yeah, you got yours. Right. What do you care? That's right. So, oh. Colonel ain't got time. Colonel, a busy man. What do you, you got, got time? Got Forty-five be... minutes all day. I gotta knock this out in like three, four minutes. I ain't got all day for this. That's all you got? Right. Yeah. You got podcasts. Too. I got podcasts to do. I got people to see. I got autographs to sign. I got. As a matter so of really, fact, your uh, you it, your ejaculations are mature. No, they're planned. They're, they're Not actually immature. planned. They're Mine are timed down to the last second. They're on my, actually, if you go look at my Outlook calendar right now, you can see from 4 to 4. Thank you for listening, everyone. Be ejaculated. Thank you. Casey, thank you for joining thank us. Thank you for Casey, it's been me. lovely to have you. And up you're here. welcome been... back anytime. Yeah, we hope to have you back soon. You well, actually, tomorrow if you Why would you We can make this a uh, three person podcast. Yeah. Just saying. <laughs> you can't always make it with your soccer coaching or whatnot. Devil worshipping. Devil worshipping. <laughs> being in jail. Drinking. Drinking. Stripping. Yeah. Stripping. Lesbianism. <laughs> Lesbian. Yeah. yeah, what about that lesbian phase? Tell us, talk, I think we let this that. go. We, we need to sign off. I think we're going on an hour and 20 minutes. And only a little bit was on the actual topic. <laughs> oh, yeah, we probably really should work today. Yeah. All right, everyone, thank you, and join us again next time for History Week. Thank you, folks. Bye. Bye. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I am a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water it starts to just taste bland and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness. And they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just, I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.